Welcome to the Aftershock post-game show. My name is Alex Morgan. I am here with Robert Jonas after the San Jose Earthquakes 5-0 victory over Bay Cities FC in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they will advance to the next round after what was quite a convincing victory, Robert. It was San Jose's first yeah, game yeah. since Matias Almeida uh, left uh, the club first game with Alex Cavello and a new managerial staff. You saw goals from Nico Sakaris, uh, Aseni Buda, uh, Cade Cowell, and more. Robert, live from uh, PayPal Park, what were your impressions from, from the stadium? Yeah, and I'm going to put a quick caveat on this that, of course, this is a, a lower division team. But, um, you know, after all the turmoil and uncertainty of this last week and coming off some some disappointing results, uh, you could tell the players were excited to be out there. Um, they were, you know, kind of taking charge of this game from the very beginning. The possession stats were so skewed in, in favor of San Jose that it, uh, you know, it almost uh, seemed like you could round it to 100 to nothing. And the passing looked crisp and, and guys were engaged. Um, and I think if you're, you know, looking at uh, what you want to see the team do following, you know, the news of these last few days, that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted them to come out and, and basically dominate in a game that they should dominate. Yeah. And for me, Robert, it was just the perfect start uh, to the Alex Cavallo era, to his interim reign, because it was a low stakes game uh, and uh, the Quakes had a comfortable victory. And you got to see a lot of their bright young players tonight, Robert, a lot of the players around whom uh, the club is going to build. And uh, I, I'm curious, Robert, uh, who stood out to you tonight in that lineup? Uh, among the the young players, yeah, it was it was a nice mix uh, you know, of, of of talent out there. You still had some veterans like Eric Rometty kind of leading things from the back, and Tanner Beeson. But you know, you also saw the 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 potential of, of Will Richmond, you know, a player that you know on the wing, you know, seemed to you know want to dance and shimmy on the ball every time, even more so than Buddha at times. It seemed like there was a little bit of competition to see who could sort of outdance the other on the ball. Both of those players look very impressive on the wing. Uh, again, having a lot of space to operate, so. You know, they weren't being challenged uh, very aggressively by the Bay City defense. Uh, and then a player I was really excited to see, you know, take control of a game in a way that, you know, you know, you know we don't uh, get to see on the first team. But Cade Cowell just, uh, you know, sort of playing, you know, like a man among boys when he's not, you know, he's the boy as well. And so it was really fascinating to set that, um, you know, kind of set that tone for the team and, and sort of be a leader despite, you know, the, the age that he is. Well, we will be getting to speak to Alex Cavello and to Jack Scahan in the post-game press conferences very shortly. So we will be able to ask them uh, about uh, their thoughts on, on, on this performance. I actually disagree with you about Cade Cowell's performance. I was disappointed uh, in his performance tonight. I thought tonight could have been a game uh, where he really asserted himself and dominated and showed why he has so much potential and promise. Uh, but he looked a little skittish. He didn't look entirely confident in front of goal. He had uh, one big chance in the first half where I think he needed to be more composed and he, he kind of 
uh, got a little too anxious on the ball and and and, and put a, a shot right into a defender. And I, I think this was a game uh, where he could have he could have uh, shown more. And they gave him the penalty uh, to to help boost his confidence. Uh, but I never really got the sense that he felt entirely comfortable out there, Robert. And I think in moments when he was playing on the on on the wing, he looked mm-hmm. solid. I think he had some great runs uh, down the wings, but. I didn't really like him up top in that number nine role. I thought, especially because Bay Cities was sitting so deep, uh, he just didn't have the space to, to do what he does best. So I wasn't entirely convinced by his performance tonight. Do you, do you have any additional thoughts on that? You're, you're shaking your head, nodding yeah, your head. Where do you stand? Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. You know, he, he's a player that, you know, you're right when he, you know, when he's in that center forward position, that top role, you know, there wasn't much for him to do because it was really hard for him to get the ball. But, you know, again, considering the defensive setup, it wasn't going to be a case where there were a lot of passing lanes to get it to him. So maybe there was some frustration there. I'm not sure I'd necessarily notice it. What's interesting about the penalty kick is uh, we were sort of uh, kind of laughing when the penalty was called that, you know, it looked like Kate actually demanded the ball. I was wondering if, uh, you know, maybe he was like, all right, I got to get something uh, to, to show for my efforts tonight. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, a, a good goal, an easy goal for him to, to take and make. Um, we're all sort of glad to see that Buddha got his goal later in the game because, uh, you know, he could have easily have been the one taking the PK as well. So a little bit of sharing in the wealth when you have five different goal scorers on the field. That's always a nice sign to, to see that level of distribution of opportunities. Um, so I shake my head a little bit because I don't think uh, Cade disappointed. I just feel that, you know, you know, Cade did what he needed to do. And, and uh, you know, yes, he could have probably you know, kind of jumped ahead of uh, and really made a case for 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 you know the talent that he has but i don't know if that was really what he was out there to do and i and so i didn't see him putting a false foot forward in my mind uh in, in a way that would call it a disappointment well like I, I think i was only disappointed because i have such high expectations sure, sure. for k cal because he's a player who's listed as one of the most expensive uh, and one of the most promising 18 year olds in the world and i don't i don't think he showed that world-class uh, potential tonight. Uh, but I do want to talk about some of the uh, most promising performance because I agree. Aseni Buddha tonight was, was really a standout player and his composure on the ball in tight situations uh, was amazing. I mean, the, the touches that he had in high pressure tight situations uh, were really clean. Uh, and I mean, you just look at his goal late in the second half there, the composure on that finish to so coolly nonchalantly take it around the keeper and pass the ball into the back of the net. Uh, you know, made him look uh, much older, much more experienced than he is. And uh, I think I agree. On the other side, Will Richmond also played well. He was another standout, another Stanford connection uh, there. And, and mm-hmm. he he's, I think, more of a one-dimensional player. I don't think he brings as much uh, dynamic uh, uh, sort of attacking flair as Buddha can. But his crosses were very good. And he was getting to the byline and putting in those cutbacks. And he reminds me of Shea Salinas. I feel like Will Richmond could be the new Shea Salinas, Robert. Does that does that comparison uh, make sense to you? I think it's a very good one. Yeah, you know, he's got the ability to stretch the uh, the team on the sidelines. You know, we saw him be able to you know shift his weight in a way to keep his defender very much off balance, and that's all you need—that little bit of space to to crack across into the box. And he was able to do it on, on time and time again. So, um, you know, like Shea when he was a rookie, you know, learning to to make you know take his crosses and practicing you know cross after cross after cross after cross in training. You know, if that's what Richmond's doing out there on the training field as well, then you know that would be a good trajectory to follow. You know, uh, Alex. Like you mentioned, uh, kind of players to watch and others, you know, another player I was really interested to see tonight was uh, Nico Chicharis and see what he could do out there. 
Um, and, you know, he felt a little, he felt to me the more tentative of the players in the beginning of this game, somebody who was still kind of working his way into the, uh, into the flow of the game. Um, so, you know, he did seem to pick it up over time, show a little more confidence as he was sort of going, you know, inside to outside on that wing. Um, but, uh, you know, a player that also, uh, you know, you know, I was hoping to see kind of take more of the opportunity tonight. I was also impressed by, by Nico Shakaris, and he was the youngest player out there for the Quakes. He is mm -hmm. only 16 years old. I think it's important to keep that in mind uh, because he his game, I feel like, is much more mature than that. And I was impressed with him tonight because I feel like uh, he knew what his role was and he knew how to find the right spaces. Because Bay City's FC were playing in such a tight, compact block, he didn't have much space as that number 10 in the middle. So he wasn't going to be able to get on the ball and control the tempo as much as he has been in, in some of his substitute appearances in MLS, where he's looked really strong and he's been one of the guys pushing the ball forward and pushing the tempo. He also showed that in preseason as well. Tonight, he just didn't get that kind of space. But when he did get on the ball, I thought he looked very strong. He obviously won that penalty uh, in the first half for, for the opening goal in, in really tight uh, quarters. It was, I think, a cheeky dive that he took. I think uh, that's a, a fair way to characterize it. Um, but I'm also... If, if, you, if you're already learning the dark arts as a teenager, then kudos to you. So. <laughs> exactly. And I'm also, I'm glad he got his goal because that was a really uh, strong finish in, in a strong run. And, and it feels like he has confidence. And I would not be surprised if we see him uh, make a significant impact in Major League Soccer this season. I think of all of those players, Buddha, Richmond, in uh, uh, Shakaris, I think he is the guy who I'm most uh, optimistic about uh, making an immediate impact at this stage. Uh, one guy I think uh, it might be uh, worth touching on uh, who is conspicuous in his absence with Siad Haji, obviously been a favorite of our uh, co-hosts, David Moore, uh, Colin Etnar on this show. He was absent tonight because of personal reasons. And that was disappointing, Robert, because uh, he's the kind of young player who really needed to get uh, experience and get on the field and get minutes and get in a game like this. And it feels like he might be getting passed up uh, by Buddha and by Richmond and by these other players and that his opportunities for succeeding in San Jose are, are, are dwindling. Any thoughts on Haji? I I agree with all of that and and you know it's again it's a shame because you know we we we've, we've seen in these glimpses what he can do you know it's a very electric player with the ball you know but uh, you know the the Mateus method of not really playing the young players with any consistency until they reach their their fifty you know their fifty personal caps however you want to call it you know sort of it was keeping them behind and and you know these types of opportunities you know we haven't seen a U.S. Open Cup game in a number of years and so you know the, these younger players don't get the visibility that they they might otherwise have when this tournament comes around so missing that on that is i think a big blow you know if he's able to maybe crack into some of those earthquakes two games he can sort of bring himself back into the picture again um but someone that yeah we sort of you know kind of forget out of sight out of mind um and some of these newer players are going to make their mark so buddha is uh, for me i think someone who comes out of this game you know with a with a with a higher set of marks than maybe he went going in and especially now that we've seen him play that that full 90 minutes did a very good job Absolutely, Robert. And another guy that impressed me and I think is, is worth discussing is Jack Scahan uh, because he had an incredible free kick. That free kick goal that he scored was absolutely uh, gorgeous. Uh, we have a question here from Andy Thomas also asking thoughts on Scahan at right back. Uh, was that a weird Open Cup uh, right back depth thing or is he seriously being looked uh, at right back for depth? Uh, any, any thoughts about Jack Scahan's performance, Robert? 
Um, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, game-winning goal, if you want to call it that. I mean, it was first goal of the night, and that's uh, that's where it's going to count in the uh, in the scorebook. Um, he played in the midfield. He got dropped back as a defender later in the game. You know, just a you know, may dare I call him a jack of all trades? There, he he did everything he was asked to do in this game, and uh, he was was quite pleased with that. You know, the uh, the goal, uh, the, the the shot on goal, that free kick was clinical. I used that word in a tweet, and I'm going to continue to use it. It just felt like a you know a player who stepped up, and he's been there before. You know, the way he he acted there and then and, and, and that shot was really class so you know really strong performance from the beginning that boost of confidence by getting the goal and uh, he really rarely put a, a bad foot forward for the quakes tonight and i think you saw his maturity tonight even though he's not a guy that has have a ton of minutes in major league soccer uh he is one of the older uh, members of this young core uh, and has been around the club for a while and mm -hmm. i think you saw the way he was bossing the tempo and directing the the game with eric remedy in there uh was was quite impressive and i think he's a good depth option in that midfield uh, and obviously the quakes are going to be playing the seattle sounders uh, uh this weekend mm -hmm. uh at paypal park and so uh, alex cavella will have to be thinking about a lot of these lineup decisions i think on the basis of this game uh robert are there any are there any uh, changes that you expect to see in, in Alex Cavello's uh, lineup on on Saturday and and it, what did you take away from his approach? Is there anything you can glean about his tactical approach uh, in this new era for, for the San Jose Earthquakes? Yeah, you know, it's again, it's tough when you see a team dominate possession as much as they did. Is you know, is that really a style of play to to be able to to bat the ball successfully? It felt like the team was a bit more disciplined. You know, we saw Marcos Lopez out there who would normally just bomb down the the, the sidelines. Paul Marie, another starter for the first team at times, again being a little more reserved and and, and sticking you know closer to the the zone that he's playing in that outside back position. So without having both your backs getting, you know, just flying up the field, it, pro it produced to me just a little more security in that back line. Um, you weren't exactly, uh, you know, putting out your most veteran center back duo. You had Tanner Beeson, who's proven himself in this team clearly. But we saw the uh, the introduction of uh, one of our rookies, Oscar, um, um, the, uh, the rookie out of Clemson as his, his partner. And, and they were rarely tested in this game. So keeping organized in the back, making sure the passes didn't get players too far ahead of the play seemed to be something that kept the possession strongly in the Quakes' favor. And again, was was nothing that Bay Cities was going to be able to match with any sort of aggression or pressing. So will we see more when Seattle's in town? Definitely. You know, probably a Seattle team that might be resting a few regulars given their uh, Champions League uh, uh, games that are coming up. And, and so, but uh, still, it's going to be a big test. Seattle's not a, uh, a team to be taken lightly. And so guys that perhaps didn't dress tonight, didn't make the field, I would certainly expect we're going to see a lot more on Saturday. I think it's hard to make the case after tonight uh, that uh, Kate Cowell is gonna gonna upset uh, that starting lineup, and given Jeremy Abobasi's form up top, I think Jeremy Abobasi is the guy who I expect to slot right back into that uh, number nine position. But the thing I took away from this game in terms of the tactical approach was just how proactive uh, San Jose were, and I think you especially saw this towards the end of the game, which really surprised me because. They were already up 5 0. They already had the lead. And yet, when Alex Cavallo started to bring on some of the starters like Jan Gregush uh, and Jamiro Montero, you saw the Quakes playing this super high pressing system, trying to win the ball in dangerous areas in the opposition uh, half and to launch quickly on the counterattack and play in transition. And that's something that we really lost in Matias Almeida the last maybe two, three. Uh, months of his tenure in particular. The Quakes were no longer a proactive team. They were no longer on the front foot, putting other teams on the back foot. Uh, and that's something we saw tonight. So if the Quakes can get back to that 
kind of proactive, exciting, high tempo style of play. That's something that I'm really looking forward to. And we we heard Chris Leach talking about that yesterday mm-hmm. at his press conference about how he wanted the Quakes uh, to play in a fun, exciting, uh, attacking style of soccer. And so that's something that I'm hoping for and expecting uh, this this Saturday. Uh, and I'm optimistic about after tonight's match. Uh, another player, there's lots of uh, new faces on the field that we haven't even discussed yet, Robert, uh, but I think is worth a mention is Matt Bersano. Uh, I believe this is his first ever match for the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, having- I was trying to figure that out too. Yeah, it's like, well, where has he been all these years? But we, you know, we've seen him every week. He's just sitting there backing up either JT or Daniel Vega. So <laughs> Exactly. Great. He's been, I think, six years. Is that is mm-hmm. that correct, Robert? I think is that's that right. Stat? I think that's right. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he was waiting his turn to to be that uh, you know, solid number two keeper, and uh, you know he he didn't disappoint. He made I think the one major save that he had to make on the night, pushing away a tough free kick. Um, had a few of those moments where he let the ball dangle at his foot just a little longer than you might feel comfortable with, but uh, you know didn't seem to be phased at all by uh, any of the Bay City attackers tonight. So, you know, overall nothing uh, to really test him, but at the same time, you know, never really uh, you know felt uncomfortable. You never saw him you know sort of look like he didn't belong out there. Well, he had one slip in the second half on a one back pass, one. and he recovered quite well. It was not the slip itself that I was actually worried about because that happens, but it was the recovery that impressed me. Just yeah. the the nonchalance and the, the composure under pressure uh, to get out of that bad situation. So congratulations to Matt Bersano. I uh, was impressed with his performance. Obviously, he wasn't put under too much pressure. I can't remember Bay City's uh, really creating any solid chances in there. But I want to, Robert, uh, shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about the, the, the new players in the lineup and talk maybe a little bit more about the bigger uh, picture issues here uh, with this being Alex Cabello's first match. Uh, he obviously is bringing in uh, a new uh, technical staff too. You have Chris Wondolowski, Steve Ralston uh, on the bench as assistant coaches. What do you think their task is? Uh, you know, what what was it in this game and, and what are they going to have to do uh, over the next uh, two, three weeks or however long they have this interim position? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, kind of building back some confidence, building back some momentum in, in the club. You know, I, n- I never got the sense, and this is in talking to people that are kind of familiar with the situation, that, you know, the locker room had given up on Mateus. So it wasn't a case that the players were hanging it up. You know, they they were being felt supported. They felt like there was a lot of camaraderie in there. Um, and so having that coaching staff leave and a new coaching staff come in, you know, could easily be a shock to everyone. You know, so I was very uh, kind of aware of watching the pre uh, the pregame warm-ups and how the players were interacting in small groups how Alex and Chris and you know were getting out there and talking to players and there was a lot of you know you could see there was a lot of more activity a little more buzz and a little more movement in the players so you know instead of sort of uh, hanging their heads and, and sort of falling into you know some of the drama that maybe uh, we're, we're sort of seeing on the outside over these last uh, weeks and, and and couple of days you know seemed the other way around there was like that you know that proverbial rebirth of like, all right, new t- new coach, new team, new tactics. Let's make something happen.
thank you, and, and thank you, Coach, for taking time. Uh, congratulations, your, your first game in charge, and uh, your team posted a very dominant win. Um, it might be an opponent that you came in expecting to win, but you know, if you could kind of walk us through the, the experience for you and getting this team pumped up for, a, for an Open Cup game, you know, seeing such a, a, a group of young players come out there and be successful, and of course, walking off the field winners. You know, how was that feeling, and how was that experience for you? Well, the experience is when you win is always good. Um, I think that we we thought that was going to be a good opportunity for the young players to to play this game against this team, Bay Cities. Um, and yeah, as you said, uh, we pass the this eliminatory, and, and we have to look forward. I think that the the players, the guys, they did amazing. They they interpreted very very well. They, I mean, they could win by their own. So. We have a very good group of players. Thank you, Alex. Let's go over to Alex Morgan. Hi, Coach. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your appointment as head coach. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you more uh, over the next uh, couple weeks in these press conferences. And congratulations also on the victory. Uh, I'm wondering uh, what your vision uh, for this team is, you know, given the constraint uh, of time that you have uh, as an interim head coach, uh, what you are hoping to achieve with this team uh, tactically and stylistically and, and how you hope to, to, to see them play and, and what you think you can accomplish uh, in this tenure? Well, um, first of all, and when you are in, a, in one first team, what you need to do is to win. Obviously, we are going to try to do it in, in the way that we think is the best one with the players that we have. Um, and from that uh, starting point, uh, with the training sessions, uh, we will try to build that style that we want. Uh, I think that today was a first um, step or that you can you can see uh, in the way that we were trying to play, associative, um, in short, and try to, to stabilize. Thank you. Next question comes from Jamin Moore. Unmuted. Hi, Coach. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us this evening. Congratulations on the win and congratulations on the appointment to the head coach position uh, in the interim role. Um, talk to us tonight about what preparations you were able to make. What things were you able to get across? And particularly, you started a lineup of young players tonight that have a lot of potential how do you feel the young players in particular interpreted the changes that you asked them to make tonight as compared to what they've been executing uh, over the past few months? Thank you. Well, I cannot mm, speak about the past. I can speak about what I saw today. Um, you did. I think that the guys did amazing. So they just interpreted what we want to do today, um, speaking with them, trying to to tell them what we were looking offensively and defensively, and is uh, the first step. Um, also, we were able to to give some minutes to another players, experimented players, to to feel part of of that. Um, um, I don't know to say, yeah, style or the way that we want to play with the ball, and and was great. Uh, all they made for them, I told them. Thank you. We're going to take a couple more, starting with Fabian Rankel. Thank you. Congratulations, Coach, on the hiring and the win. 
What can fans expect from Alex Covello's San Jose Earthquakes in 2022? Thank you. Look, um, I can tell you what I say the players. It has to be day by day, training by training, and try to do our best and work hard every day. It's the only way that I know. Is uh, what we did also in the academy, and, and we will try to do the same. Thank you. We're going to take one final question from Carlos Eustis. Eh, bueno, eh, primero, ¿cómo, cómo, ¿cómo prefiere? Mister, coach, profe, decimos en México. Eh. Alex está bien. <laughs> Alex, eh, primero que nada, eh, felicidades por, por, por la victoria. Es bueno debutar con un equipo con victoria, eso en lo personal. Entonces, yo tengo dos. Eh, primero, ¿cómo se siente eh, poder estar a cargo de, de un equipo? Ha tenido mucho trayecto por muchos equipos, pero es la primera vez que está encargado de, de una primera división. Eh, ¿Cómo la sentir eso primero? Y segundo, eh, ¿cómo tomar este resultado? Porque si bien es cierto, eh, el, el proceso para enfrentar a este equipo lo toma con la misma seriedad, el reto que va a tener el sábado es mucho, mucho más grande, ¿no? Entonces, ¿cómo tomar eso con un granito de sal para poder trabajar y eh, enfrentar lo que viene? Muy buenas preguntas las dos. Bueno, la primera, la oportunidad la tomo con mucha responsabilidad, con mucho orgullo porque he estado aquí eh, los últimos años, desde 2017, y me, me siento parte de este club. Eh, con todo el mundo, con el front office, con los entrenadores de la academia, con, con los chicos que tenemos ahora en el staff, en el, en el primer equipo, con mucha responsabilidad y, y a trabajar con humildad. Eso la primera. Y la segunda es verdad, no es lo mismo jugar el partido de hoy que el partido que tenemos el sábado, pero, pero hoy creo que hemos podido ver algunas cositas que vamos a querer implementar y, y nos ha ayudado, nos ha ayudado. Hay que ir paso a paso. Esto, esto como he dicho antes, es día a día, entrenamiento, entrenamiento y que, y que los chicos vayan, vayan captando un poquito la idea. All right, thank you very much, Alex, and congratulations on your first victory. Thank you so much, guys. All right, guys, we'll be bringing in Jack Scan in uh, the next few minutes here. Thank you. So there you hear from new head coach, interim head coach, Alex Cavello speaking. That was the first opportunity we've had to speak with him since he took over just yesterday. Uh, we will be hearing uh, from uh, Jack Scahan as well very shortly. Uh, and for that last question uh, asked in Spanish, uh, we have a little translation here. Uh, from one of our Slack patrons, Marcelo. I'm very thankful to all of our Slack patrons and encourage everybody to uh, join our Patreon and get access to that Slack for just $5 a month. Uh, the translation here is, first, I take it as a great responsibility. I've been here for a long time, so I feel very much ingrained into all the aspects of this club. So we will work with humility. Secondly, I know it's not the same today compared to the game ahead, but we will take it day by day with each training so the guys can start getting an idea of how we'll be playing going forward. A couple other things I caught uh, from that was that he said he felt connected to everybody in the, the club, including the front office, the academy, the technical staff, because he's been in the club for so long. And also in, in response to Carlos's uh, question, uh, that he was starting to see a couple of things uh, that, that he'll have implemented on Saturday tonight, uh, because uh, I think we were talking about that before the press conference, Robert, 
uh, some of that high pressing uh, and some of those attacking patterns were really promising. Is there anything in particular that uh, you took away uh, from from Alex's uh, press conference, Robert? You know, I think it's, uh, you know, he's obviously you know, very grateful for the opportunity. You can clearly hear that in his voice. You know, this is the third time he's, you know, helped out on the bench in, in previous uh, cases when, you know, the, they needed, a, you know, the all hands on deck approach when they let other coaches go. So he's familiar with a bit of the role there. Um, I was, uh, you know, pleased to hear that, you know, he felt, you know, good about, you know, what happened over these last couple of days. You know, it's not as if he's been running trainings for, for, for weeks and weeks leading into this game. But, you know, he knew he could rely on a lot of these young players, you know, they may be more hungry to play. And that's, uh, you know, they, they came out and did what they needed to do. Um, getting a chance to see some of the veteran players near the end is, I think, kind of what he was getting at in some of those other responses that, you know, there are some lessons to be learned as he started to see some of his first team guys, you know, take, uh, get some minutes and start to play together. So, um, you know, with that in mind, you know, it's it was a nice look, you know, of all the U.S. Open Cup scores tonight, uh, the, the Earthquakes outscored any other of the MLS teams that were in the tournament, including a couple that lost their uh, tournament games. So you could say that, you know, from a youth uh, and younger player perspective, this was a, a very, very good performance. And it's it's important that we don't leave out some of the most important aspects of this press conference and Alex Cavello's uh uh, head coach capabilities here. We have a comment from Robert saying the Catalonian accent is fire. I would agree. We have some hair comments here. I want my hair to look <laughs> that good when it goes gray. We're now going to Jack Scahan in the press conference. Hi, Jack. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, tonight. Congratulations on the victory and, and on the goal. Uh, what was uh, the direction uh, from uh, the new head coach, Alex Cavello, tonight. What was uh, the game plan for you guys, uh, and, and what did he tell you to go out there and do, and how do you feel like you executed tonight? <laughs> hey, Alex. Um, the game plan was, uh, to be honest, it was pretty different. Um, there are some different things structurally, especially when we attack, um, where we are positioned in order to stop counterattacks specifically. Um, and you can see a lot of that with the opposite outside back coming into the middle to sit next to the six. Um, and I thought we implemented it well. I think that uh, we really haven't had any time to practice it. I think we did well um, translating as a team. Um, and I think we have a lot to build on. Thank you, Jack. Next question from Jamin Moore. Unmuted. Hi, Jack. Thanks for uh, meeting with us tonight, and congratulations on, on uh, the goal and the win. Uh, speaking of the goal, uh, how confident were you in that particular free kick? It's not a, a skill that we've necessarily gotten a chance to see from you before. Is that something that uh, you felt really good at, about, uh, about placing in that situation? And uh, how often do you work on, on those types of things for, for yourself? Thank you. Um, I feel comfortable with set pieces. Uh, in college, I took you know, corners, set pieces, a lot of the shooting set pieces, all the crossing set pieces. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I practice it all the time. Um, when obviously with the second team, the day before games and set piece practice, I'll be oftentimes the one taking them. Um, and I actually scored one very similar to that last week in practice. So I felt very comfortable, very confident. Um, I, to be honest, I thought I was going to score it. 
Thank you, Jack. Let's go next to Carlos Eustis. Um, how are you? Um, you haven't had a lot of minutes, so how does it feel to get back on, on onto the field? And how do you think this is going to be good for you to carry into the weekend? Because you're going to face a much different opponent to what you saw today. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt, I felt good. Um, I'm pretty tired. It's been a long time since I played 90 minutes. Um, but I felt good. I think this team has a lot to build on. I think that we know we're good. Um, and I think that's the message that everyone in this locker room stands behind is that this is a good team and we're going to win games. And I think it'll start this Saturday. Thank you. We're going to take two more questions, starting with Robert Jonas. Uh, thank you, and uh, congratulations, Jack, on the uh, the game-winning goal tonight. So um, it's not always easy sometimes in these uh, U.S. Open Cup tournament games, these knockout uh, games against opponents you're not necessarily familiar with, opponents you're probably expected to win um, against. Um, what was the pregame huddle like uh, amongst the players, the conversations uh, as you guys got ready for kickoff? You know, knowing uh, the stakes were a little different than a regular season game, but that, you know, this this game did, it was an important, uh, you know, statement to make with uh, some of the turmoil that's been going on off the field. Yeah, obviously it's been pretty wild recently. Um, but this group sticks together and the message from the coaches is the same as the message all the players had is that we're going to win this game. Um, we, we didn't care who we were playing at all. Um, and obviously a lot of the guys who started tonight haven't been starting a lot of the games. Um, and so obviously we have a chip on our shoulder um, and we just wanted to, to show what we can do and win the game no matter who we were playing. And uh, the pregame huddle was, it wasn't too much of the rah-rah. It was a lot of focusing on things that we needed to do in order to win the game. Specifically, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, they're going to come out fast. We need to move the ball and make them run. Let's get the ball wide and create some 2v1s. Um, and let's take some shots. And that's what we did. Thank you. We're going to take one final question from Fabian Rankle. Hey, Jack, congratulations on the goal and the win. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you feel playing right back for a little bit there? Thank you. I feel very comfortable out wide. Uh, I, was, I was really tired at that point because I was injured for a bit, about a month, um, and I'm getting back to that full fitness. Um, but in, in school, I played on the wing. I feel very comfortable playing outside back. I think it's um, a position I'd be good at. So I felt, I felt good. All right. Thank you very much, Jack, and congrats on the goal and the win tonight. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. We will have uh, another media availability ahead of Saturday's game. So we'll see you all in a couple of days. Thank you. Welcome back from Jack Skahan's press conference. Gentlemen, I am rarely surprised uh, by these press conferences anymore, but we've seen uh, a lot of, of wild, crazy things in these pressers. And the Quakes also are a squad full of very smart and thoughtful players. But that press conference really blew me away. I hope we get to speak to Jack Skahan more. Uh, there's some comments here that picked up on the same thing. That was an incredible interview. More Jack Skahan interviews. I'm impressed with Jack Skahan. I like his attitude uh, and all thoughtful answers. Uh, I completely agree 
uh, I thought it was uh, an incredibly revealing uh, press conference. And uh, right off the bat with his answer to my question about how it's quite different the way that uh, Alex Cavello is asking this team to play than the way that Matias Almeida asked them to play, how there's things structurally going forward. He mentioned creating more 2v1s, more cutbacks, all of things, by the way, that Jamin Moore has talked about extensively here on the Aftershock. He's joining us now. We'll hear from Jamin in a bit. But that impressed me. Also defensively, talking about those defensive uh transitions and, and uh, protecting against counterattacks. He specifically mentioned the outside back dropping in, the opposite outside back dropping in and tucking in next to the six. Uh, all of those uh, little uh, tactical things that he mentioned uh, were really uh, revealing, I think. And he he acknowledged that it's been a wild last couple of weeks. Uh, I think that's probably the most candid and most honest that any of the players have been uh, with us about uh, how they've experienced these last few weeks. But I also like the confidence that he had the confidence that uh, this team knows that they're good and thinks that they're good. And uh, that resonates with me because that's what I see in this team as well. Gentlemen, what did you take away uh, from that Jack Scahan press conference? I mean, I'll start, you know, you, 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 you lifted the quote that I wrote down. And in fact, the only four words I wrote down is we know we're good. And you know, what, what I was especially impressed by hearing that is, you know, it'd be very easy for the team to sort of, you know, kind of back up and, and sort of, you know, hide behind, you know, the, you know, the, the, the disappointments that they've had and, and to say, we're going to take it one game at a time and we'll do our best and we can prepare for our opponents, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you want to hear your players say much more than that. You want them to be able to, to, to say, especially in a case like this, you know, they should go out there and win five nothing. I mean, that's, that shouldn't be a, a fluke score. That should be the kind of score you put up against a, a third division team in a, in a tournament like this. So knowing that the players from the opening whistle were going out there, not tentative, but rather, you know, we are going to win this game. We're just we're going to get our goals and we're going to walk away winners was was a was a breath of fresh air. You know, you don't always kind of get that sense when they're put out with tactics that maybe don't seem like the best or leave them exposed. And, and you know, kind of the what ifs, the if we make one mistake we're going to lose this game mentality that sometimes was coming through in those mls uh, early season games you didn't have any of that and it didn't seem like even that was part of a conversation that anyone was thinking about tonight robert uh insightful comments uh here is a comment here from marcello he's saying jack is giving me tommy thompson pre-2019 <laughs> run vibe jamin what say you I got to find that comment and pull it up. So I make sure uh, that we give uh, Marcelo proper credit, by the way, Marcelo. I don't know where you've been, man, but I missed you. I'm, uh, I'm so glad you're back. Um, look, uh, tonight, I, you know, I'm in heaven right now to some level, but I also realize like it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit early to say anything, but what, what I felt like we saw tonight was what the few of us who've been able to put up with the stupid AI camera for the Quakes 2 games and those who were dedicated and got out there on Sunday uh, after that, that whole Saturday thing with everything else going on, kudos to you. Jamin, uh, Jamin, that's you. That. You're talking You're talking about yourself. You are the, the, the I think, most in-depth, most uh, expert on, on the Quakes 2 team. Well, no, actually, I, I'm not sure that I am because the, the camera is so hard to follow. But but look, uh, for anyone who uh, who is been in the academy, who knows something about the academy, who has kids in the academy, uh, and uh, for players tonight who have actually been in the academy, Nick, you know, Nick Sheris, for for example, 
um, you know, you're going to get to see a true tactician at work. I, I think this is going to be really interesting. Uh, now, are you, you're going to you're going to face Seattle on Saturday. Is everything going to be fixed by Seattle? Absolutely not. Now, what you're hoping is that Seattle is looking ahead to Pumas. That's what you're hoping. And uh, you got a home game. I think it's a really great opportunity. I would ask fans, get out there, support the team this weekend, you know, get behind this team because I do think like they can actually, you know, make this an interesting season. I'm not going to predict playoffs, but I think it can be interesting. And tonight you saw what that system that the Academy has played, you know, how those U17s just were able to like take on River Plate and look good doing it. That's the system to some extent that you saw tonight. It was foot on the throat. We are going to control this game. We are going to move the ball quickly. We are going to move the ball across the box and we're going to create dangerous opportunities and we're going to finish some and we're going to miss a bunch, right? Because that's the way the sport works. And I know people are like, you know, you know, should have, should they finish this in this situation? Should they finish in this situation? Could have, should have, would have. You know, the XG is never one. So, uh, but what you want is you want enough chances that you're going to be able to finish off two or three of those in a game. And what's great tonight is you got to see five different opportunities finished off. It shows what the system can be when it's executed well. And what, you know, how some of these Quakes Academy teams are literally just stepping on the throats of other teams and controlling the game. Quakes 2, if you got out and saw them on Sunday or if you saw them on with the AI, and I didn't get to see the whole game, but one of the things that they did with that game is they controlled about 70% of the possession. They had 14 shots, or sorry, 17 shots to four shots. They lost one nothing, but on the expected goal side, they had like about 1.7, 1.8. So that's a game that, you know, six times out of 10, you're, you're either going to win or draw in. And yeah, you're going to have a couple unluckies, you know, and that's kind of what happened against North Texas, but it shows what the system can be. And I'm really, really uh, intrigued, I will say, to see how this does up against teams that are on the schedule that are coming up. These are going to be some tough opponents. They're going to get this, uh, this tested really quickly, but I do like the, uh, the thought process of let's, let's, prevent those counterattacks from happening because number one thing we all know needs to stop happening is balls going through the middle of the pitch and giving the opposition easy chances to finish. Cut those out, and this team is much more competitive immediately. Clearly, he's already taking steps and telling the players what he wants them to do to provide a lot more stability from an attacking position to be ready to defend. That's the thing that was missing with Almeida, and that's the thing I'm really hoping to see starting on Saturday against Seattle. Jamin, I, I want to stick with you uh, just a little bit, just because you're joining us here after the press conference. Uh, we are so grateful to you uh, for joining us and for all of your insight. And uh, for everybody watching, Jamin has been uh, incredibly busy over these last few days. Not only was he uh, the one breaking the news last week that Matias Almeida had tried uh, to resign and was on his way out in San Jose, uh, but he was also appearing on MLS shows. He was appearing on radio. He was uh, last night on the uh, Aftershock show, the special edition show with uh, Colin Etnire and the Nate Patel. Recommend everybody that hasn't watched that go and watch that uh, for all the uh, Matias Almeida analysis. That's where you will find it. So, Jamin, you've been incredibly busy. Uh, and I know it's been a lot of sign of heavy topics over the last couple of days. Um, hasn't been a, a fun discussion uh, but uh, tonight, maybe 
uh, more fun because you have a lot of young guys. And I'm curious, uh, you know, me and Robert had the chance to, to talk about guys like uh, Nico Shakiris and, and Asani Buddha and Will Richmond. Who stood out to you from this game? Well, I commented, I think Asani Buddha has become what fans really wanted Saeed Haji to be. Like you, you saw like those flashes with Saeed Haji where you're like, man, there's something here. Like he's exciting. I want to see more of that. What's great with Asani Buddha is we're seeing a lot of that and we're seeing it now so quickly in his process, his growth process. He's he's a he's a rookie for crying out loud. And he looks like the best player on the pitch almost every time he's out there. Drew that penalty, uh, you know, that uh, got the Quakes a draw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, drew a penalty again tonight. Step over moves. He's he's creative, and yes, he's he's not the best finisher necessarily. But that's not his role. Is not really to be a finisher. He's not really a nine. He got asked to play that because you know Jeremy Abobasi has a bit of a knock, and hopefully we'll be okay for this weekend. Kate Cowell, they didn't want to push him and push him a whole 90 minutes. It took him off. It's like, who else can play forward? Hey, Ascendi, go out and play some nine for a bit. I'm not expecting him to, to be like the world's greatest finisher here. And he is a rookie. But, uh, man, the flashes of, of creativity. And we knew that about him. We knew that that was a thing of his in college. But uh, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I would love to see Saeed Haji, you know, live up to his promise, too. I'm not saying writing Saeed off. Obviously, personal issues tonight prevented him from playing in this game. But, uh, but man, it's really cool to see Asani Buddha um, out there and having so much fun watching him. And Will Richmond is actually, I think, surprising me more and more. Like, I didn't know quite what to think about him because he wasn't considered that hot academy prospect. Um, and then, obviously, went off to college. But uh, this is actually a brand new thing. The New York, uh, New York City FC is actually piloting this where they are sending all of their homegrowns now going forward to college. And the reason is so they can grow as players and they can grow as people and they come out much more mature people than trying to put them into a first team at the age of 17. I think there's some wisdom in that. I honestly do. And I kind of feel like Will Richmond is the beneficiary of having gone through that process. And you can see a level of maturity in his play that he's gotten from playing in a high-level program like Stanford and under a coach like Jeremy Gunn. So I feel very good about both of those players. And then uh, Nico Chikaris, you know, awesome. You know, for a 16-year-old, amazing. Jamin, uh, I don't think we're letting Shakiras go to college. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, you know, I, 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 you know I, don't, I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that. Um, but I wouldn't hate it. And so that he could also get that. But, but yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely got some skills. 16 and it's just so great to have so so much young talent on this team that's kind of been hiding a bit i hope cavello takes some chances with this group i hope he's given given the rope from from leach to take some of those chances and to play more of these young players and to really use this year to develop them um because if they do it's going to pay off big over the next few years and then you're going to have a new draft class coming in and a new set of academy kids coming in. And these 2005s that just beat River Plate are exciting. And, you know, who knows who you're going to be able to sign out of that group and who might just go straight to Europe. But, man, there's a, there's some exciting stuff happening with, with the kids right now. And I really hope fans catch that. Jamin, I, I don't want to drag you in to this discussion, but I will probe just a little bit. Is it worth talking about Cade Cowell's performance? Is it any concern to you, his composure in front of goal? Is that worth discussing? No, it's a one-off. I, I kind of feel like Cade was trying to not get hurt tonight, to be quite honest. 
Um, he was in the thick of a lot of people. And, uh, you know, for me, what was interesting was him grabbing the ball uh, in order to take the PK rather than letting Buddha take it. It was kind of like, hey, I'm the senior guy on this team, which is funny because he's five years younger, as we were saying in the slack. So it's kind of so uh, Buddha's probably like, you know, hey, junior, you're like five years younger than me. What are you doing here? Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, does uh, does Kate Cowell have a bit more seniority in the team? Yes, but he's he's five years younger than us any Buddha. So that kind of cracks me up. So, gentlemen, quickly, before we uh, wrap up tonight's show, go around for for final thoughts and, and let you get home, Robert, from PayPal Park. I want to plug our Patreon because uh, we've been delivering lots and lots of insight, lots and lots of news uh, to you over the last uh, few weeks at Quake's Epicenter. Uh, and you can get the best access to all that, all the behind the scenes info, insight, the hot takes that are too hot for Twitter uh, on our Patreon. And at just $2 a month, you can get access to all of our articles. Uh, there was a recent article from Colin Etnayer about uh, why Matias Almeida's time's up. Uh, that was a fantastic article. Recommend you check that out. It's now available publicly, but if you want early access to all these, sign up for the Patreon. Uh, in addition, at $5 a month, you get access to the patron Slack, uh, where you get uh, live commentary from uh, all of us throughout the game, throughout the week. Uh, you get uh, clips from the uh, midweek press conferences, uh, all of the behind-the-scenes content you could ever want. We are very grateful for all of our patrons, and a lot of them are here in uh, the, the comments tonight. So thank you to everybody who has supported our show and allowed us uh, to to really provide this level of in-depth coverage uh, in, in such a tumultuous and important time for this club. So now I want to bring it back around to you, Robert, uh, for your final thoughts from tonight's game. Uh, what will be your uh, lasting takeaway uh, from this one? And briefly, do you think the Quakes can uh, embark on an Open Cup run here? Oh, you that. took you took my first bullet point there. So uh, one down, five to go. That's the that's the uh, the uh, going to be the locker room motto, I think, going forward. You know, this is a tournament that you don't have to win too many games. Uh, you just have to put a good performance in with each round. the The draw for the next opponent for the fourth round will be this Friday. So uh, it'll again be another team that's relatively local. They they tend to regionalize the early rounds of the tournament. So you know, keep an eye on how some of the Southern California teams do, and and some of the other. Uh, division two and three teams possibly get through to the fourth round. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I love the draw show. I want to see who the Quakes are going to be playing in this next round um, because I know it offers two opportunities. Uh, another opportunity, I should say, to see maybe some more of these young players pushing to, to get their minutes. Um, I mentioned it earlier. One thing that always kind of graded me the wrong way with Mateus was his insist insistence that younger players pay their dues. He didn't want to rush them and, and expose them to too much of the professional game. He used that 50 game mark, which I think is, again, a very arbitrary and unnecessary uh, criteria to put on a young player. You know, so this was a game where, you know, Alex got to see some of those younger players make their cases. And I think, you know, that's important that players in the first team know that there are players that are kind of gunning for their positions. Um, I think uh, the last thing I want to kind of end with here is a quick shout out over you, Jamin, for your uh, your appearance on this morning's MLS Today show with Andrew Wiebe. Uh, I put the tweet out for everyone. If uh, you haven't listened to it, it's probably the best synopsis you're going to get of what's happened in Quakesland over these next few days. I encourage everyone to kind of share that with their fellow Quakes fans as well. A good way to sort of kind of end that chapter and kind of introduce us to the new era of Quakes, of which we got a, a bit of a sneak peek tonight, especially with some of the younger players. So. 
Jamin, with that, I'm going to kind of throw it over to you. What uh, can be your final thoughts tonight? Well, I, I just want to say thank you to the Quakes Up Center team. Uh, the fact that I can kind of sit out a bit tonight because uh, I needed to watch the little guy while my wife and daughter were out uh, and just get the show over to you guys. And then last night, Anae and Colin, you know, really kind of taking the bull by the horns. You know, we have a great team at Quakes Up Center. I, I I'm grateful for each and every contributor. Uh, Asher was hopefully going to be with us tonight and unfortunately had to pull out due to a personal situation at the last second. Um, and, uh, you know, Asher, I think he's going to have a lot of great tactical things to write now about this team because he loves to do those tactical articles. Robert, I know you've got one that you and I have been chatting about, and uh, so you might have a new offering here soon, which uh, is a really interesting idea, and I'm really in, uh, excited to see it uh, if you get that all the way through. And, uh, you know, it's uh, getting close to some time to do some analytical stuff around this team, too. We've got enough games going, so maybe it's time to, to write something. But check out all the great content, obviously, at Quakes Epicenter. I'm very grateful that people can put up with my voice throughout all these different shows and stuff like that. I, I, uh, I think people get tired of hearing me, so uh, I would prefer to take a step back at times. But uh, it's been uh, very nice to see the love for Quakes Epicenter, the work that we've done. Uh, around the Almeida saga and uh, see it get recognized uh, in many different uh, places. So um, kudos to the entire team. And we would be nothing if not for the 55 or so people that have joined us here tonight. By the way, that's more than some games that we get on a regular basis. And people showing up for a U.S. Open Cup game, my goodness, guys, you guys really killed it tonight. Thank you to everyone for showing up uh, and uh, being a part of this show tonight. And uh, all the... Uh, the, uh, the 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 shows that you've shown up for over the last couple of days. Looking forward to Seattle on Saturday, and uh, let's get this new era kicked off and see where it goes. 100% agreed, Jamin. Tonight is the most optimistic I've been about the San Jose Earthquakes in quite a long time, getting to watch all those young players and feeling the kind of burden and weight of, of the, the Matias Almeida situation off of this club. I think it was weighing on everybody's minds, and uh, now there is a really good opportunity to create new habits, uh, to create uh, new uh, you know rallying points for this team, to create a new identity uh, for the Sanders Earthquakes. I think you started to see that tactically a little bit tonight as well. Uh, I think it was uh, nice to see in this post-match press conference as well uh, some honesty and, and, and the candidness and uh, the timeliness as well of the post-match press conference. So that might be one thing that changes here uh, for, for all of you uh, wonderful listeners uh, in these uh, next couple games. Uh, but uh, that makes me optimistic about uh, the future. Obviously, we will be back with you on Saturday night uh, as the San Jose Earthquakes take on the Seattle Sounders at PayPal Park. Uh, and I want to thank everybody again uh, for joining us tonight for another edition of the Aftershock post-game show. Uh, Robert, Jamin, thank you for joining me uh, and for the whole Quakes episode. Wait, one, one more thing, Alex. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do have a quick announcement to make. Saturday will be our 50th show, post-game show, just post-game shows. Not talking about all, all the other recordings and stuff that we've done. Our 50th post-game show that we have done. Super excited uh, to get to do the 50th show and against the Sounders of all, all teams, right? So uh, that'll be exciting. I remember the first uh, not very long ago, Jamin. So it's amazing how far this team has come, how far we have come, and uh, how far uh, we have come as a community. So I want to thank everybody again uh, for joining us. Excited for that 50th edition. Uh, and uh, want to wish everybody a good night. <laughs>